Hey guys, welcome back to Click. Our episode today is titled, The Family Does Matter, and we will be discussing Black family dynamics and how they were represented on the sitcoms we grew up watching. Now your hosts today are two white girls from Alabama and we're both named Lexi. So for your convenience, I will be Lexi number one. And hey guys, I'm new and you can call me Lexi number two. And we also have a guest in studio, so if you want to introduce yourself. Hey guys, it's Kevin from episode two. All right, so in all seriousness, we just want to let you guys know that obviously we did not grow up in black families, so we won't be speaking from life experience. And if we say anything that doesn't come across right, feel free to shout us out on our social media and let us know what we did wrong because we are always open to learning and growing more. So thanks, guys. Okay, so real talk, though. All right, so family. What is what is family to you guys? Like, what does that mean to you? For me, it's just a unit, and that's the best way to explain it for me because we, and like my family, we view our families not just our mother, father, brother, sister. Yeah. We also take in our second cousins and our third cousins yeah. removed, and so it's just a big family union, not just a family. Yeah, I feel like that because I have a very crazy Brady Bunch style family where people come from different parents or stepbrothers and sisters and so but it's I've never distinguished that they're just they're my brothers and sisters and my stepmom has been a part of my life forever and it's just that's just how my family is but I also have like people I consider family like my roommates we have like family dinners and the neighborhood I grew up in that is my family it just is. There's no denying that. Yeah. So, Kevin. Yeah. Okay. So, um, with my family, I, growing up, it used to be like including the entire extended family. Mm-hmm. So, it's like my family came over here after like post Vietnam War as like sort of like refugees and stuff, got citizenship and all that stuff. But then it's like they all lived in sort of one space. So, I had like my grandparents. Um, my like three or four uncles and then subsequently their girlfriends slash wives mm-hmm. and then like my mom and like you know growing up so that was sort of like my family That's and cool. then slowly over time it became like more like everyone started separating and became mm-hmm. like the idea of like a nuclear family with mom and dad and then the kids and it's just like which is a shame but um it's just like sort of what happened over time so I don't know if that's something like what happens after you've been here for so long and then it's like the cultural you know transition it's just like maybe america wants you to have sort of like a nuclear family when that's not necessarily what family always means to everyone mm-hmm. because it's like family is always constantly changing and then it's like when you think about stuff like what 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 makes family because it's like like you said before lexi um family could be something that you're sort of like born into but something that you can sort of create yeah and so, like, I consider my roommates, like, my family, too, exactly. because yeah. I've been living with them for, like, two, three years. And so it's just, like, the idea that, you know, we aren't sort of family yeah. after eating together, spending time together, taking care of each other constantly, um, fixing up my car because my car always breaks down <laughs> every single year. And it's like, hey, I know you're busy, but could you help me jumpstart it? Yeah. And then it's like, Kevin, for the fourth time this week? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like. Yeah. <laughs> I say, so, okay, 
like family in that sense is someone yeah. who is there for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it doesn't, it's not blood that makes family. It's like who you're with all the time. It's the relationships of. you build. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so taking that into family dynamics and black family dynamics, what are the shows you think about when like you think family? Hey, passing the remote. I immediately think of The Fresh Prince, just yeah. because that, that was the show I watched growing up, and um, you just see Uncle Phil and Will and Carlton, and they're all there as a unit, even though, um, you know, Will isn't an actual part of mm-hmm. that family, and, like, I really resonate with that, because, like, my family and where I'm from, my entire, like, neighborhood is my family, right. like, I mean, literally, like, it's my cousins, it's my oh, brother, okay. it's my grandparents, like, <laughs> our neighborhood is my family, and, um, like, I, we would, like, take cousins in for, like, the summer, and so, like, I really identified with that just because that was my reality, yeah. too. It's also cool because the Fresh Prince hits on, it's still kind of the nuclear family of, like, the mom and the dad, but, like, since Will is the main character of the show, it's his uncle and his aunt, but they still fill that role of mother mother figure and father figure. So it still can be called the like ideal representation of a family. What are some shows you think about, Kevin? Um, Based on the stuff in class and- And just just growing up. Yeah, just growing up. um, I watch stuff like uh, My Wife and Kids. Oh yeah. And it's just like, that show is like really funny to me always yeah. growing up and it's just yeah. like i think about that i also think about family matters which is the inspiration for the title today guys if you didn't catch that yeah and so like i really like the idea of those sort of families and yeah. those sort of shows i sort of grew up watching yeah. we're also missing a big one which is the cosby show which is probably the quintessential black family that everyone thinks of and also, FYI, we don't only watch the Cosby show, guys. It's just, uh, yeah. It's a really pivotal show yeah. for the topic. And it's kind of hard to not discuss it. Yeah. But we also, we watch things like Family Matters and The Fresh Prince and different things. You grow up mm-hmm. Thea. We just watched an episode for that and that was great. And like stuff like Martin, mm-hmm. Living Single, A Different World. Sister, Sister. Uh. Yeah. Oh, and another, we don't watch them in class. It's a 15-minute class, sadly, so we barely have time to get into the meat of episodes, let alone watch them in class, so. Yeah, that's unfortunate. (laughs) Yeah, it's unfortunate. Which is another reason this podcast is so good, because it lets us really flesh out, Mm -hmm. like, the topics that we discuss in class. All right, so, I mean, representations of family in these episodes, it's different, because to me, like, Black family dynamics isn't just who you're related to, you know? There's a real emphasis on community, which I think is very important. Mm -hmm. Especially in the episode that comes to my mind is Rent Party from Good Times. And it's when they all get together and help raise money for rent for someone in their building. Because that's, I mean, that's their family. That's who they love. That's who they care about. So yeah, it's just, I mean, there's more importance Mm -hmm. on the people around you than who you're related to. And also in that episode, I think they're all living in an inner city housing um, apartment, right? Yeah, I think so. 
Yeah, and so it's like that idea of they're all living this sort of shared experience, and it's like mm. all together as one family going through the same struggles and goods. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. The things you go through tie you together. All right, other shows that we were thinking of talking about were Living Single for being non-conventional. It, it's kind of what we said about like the people around you. It's like your chosen family. Family. So it's like, and of course, Khadijah and Sinclair are cousins, but Max and Regine, they all form this kind of close-knit family living together in their like early adulthood, making their way through the world, and it's their family. I also think that it's really interesting um, if we explore like sort of like what family means from the perspective of like what is represented of black fatherhood, black motherhood, mm. and just the overall community itself. Yeah. Because each of these different black sitcoms approaches it from like different angles and it's like certain episodes highlight one aspect of the black family that I think is really interesting. And it's important to note that each representation that each individual sitcom presents does something different for its viewers. It sends a different type of message. And um, I feel like that's something we should also flesh out too. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought it was really interesting when we watched the like E! True Hollywood story on Good Times about how um, important it was for the show to have a strong black father. Like that was, what's her name? Es- Esther, mm-hmm. the actress who plays Florida. It was so important to her to have someone in that position because she wanted to show the world, like, what a family looks like. With a black father yeah. and a black mother together. Yeah. Not that um, there needs to be, but... Yeah, not that, to degrade any other family but, styles. But that it is important to show America that, you know, the stereotype of, like, a family, black family, especially without a father, yeah, it's not always, you know. It was breaking a stereotype. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is also important to talk about when they killed him off. Like, the show ratings went down and everything. And it was, like, harder. It was, I don't know if the storylines were harder to get across or what. But, yeah, it just, like, it didn't work out without James. Yeah, I think in in that same e-Hollywood thing, I think there's something said about how, like, when when James died, it was, like, Something about the soul or heart of the show got like mm. sort of gutted, and it caused. Um, I think the actress um, for Florida didn't she say that she was planning on leaving or quitting? Well, she did. She, she left quit, for right? like a year and then came back. Yeah, because like it essentially switched from a TV show about like the black family to jokes about dynamite. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so... which is another issue in itself. Right. It's interesting that you said James is the soul of. Um, good times because in a lot of these shows with about like the black family or like black family sitcoms it's very male-centered like it's very the father is the head the father is the caretaker of this family because like the Cosby show it's about how I mean it's about Cliff and how he kind of like I don't know Claire just kind of gets pushed to the side a lot in my opinion even though she's strong in her own right and amazing in her own right, it's a lot about Cliff and how he deals with the family. I mean, even whenever we go into the representations of fatherhood and motherhood in The Cosby Show, Cliff often undermines um, Claire's authority. Yeah. And um, it just, then again, uh, reinforces the idea that he is the head of the household. Yeah. Like, what she says 
isn't exactly law. <laughs> Quotations around law. But um, she's a lawyer. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Gotta love a good pun. Yeah. And I also think um, part of that reason, because not only are we existing in a very like sort of male dominated space or like society, but also because um, I think specifically in black families, there's like the stereotype that it's just like single parent, mm-hmm. more than likely the mother, because the father is somehow either a deadbeat who walks away from the family or is in prison for some reason or another. And it's like never really, you know, that sort of stereotype of like black families in general, because in my opinion, it's like mostly because of poverty as opposed to like, you know, sort of race. I think poverty does that to like every single type of family. And then but on the other hand, it can also perpetuate other stereotypes like you know the dad having to be the head of the household yeah. when they're very like great um black sitcom show where it's like the woman who's at the head of the household equally powerful in her own right okay so talking on that why do you think it was important to show because like i said it was an important part that james needed to be in good times it needed a strong black father do you think that was to try to break stereotypes or to like make it more palatable for white audiences what do you guys think i mean it's a tough it's a weird question i feel like in trying to break stereotypes other stereotypes are created yeah and while breaking certain stereotypes does good creating other ones also does harm yeah and like making a male a sinner and like the authority in the house can result in problematic interpretations of the show. Mm. I feel like. Yeah. Um, about that, I think it's kind of a mixture of sort of both. Like, I think that it was revolutionary at the time because I don't know many Black sitcom shows prior to that time, but it's like it showed a positive image of like a dual like mother father figure in the black family for sure but also at the same time i think specifically like sitcoms themselves Mm -hmm. um they sort of cater towards this sort of feel-good moment and so especially for the broader um white america at the time it had to cater to like sort of ideas of ratings and so it's like especially in Hollywood or TV shows in general, you have to cater towards like getting ratings to get funding or money and stuff because money is for everything. So maybe it was more palatable to have a father figure and yeah. mother figure because it was more like, it was more common and like more readily acceptable for like, you know, the time. Mm-hmm. But yeah. It's also with, I don't know, Good Times felt it feels different to me. Like, it feels like Florida and James have more of a partnership mm-hmm. than different. Because, like, comparing it to, like, the Jeffersons, it's a very different relationship in my head. Yeah. In the Jeffersons, it's like, the, um, Mr. Jefferson, he's always like, oh, I'm in control, blah, 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 blah. And then Miss Jefferson's always there. She's always, like, trying to set him straight because yeah. he keeps, like, because it's, for him, it's just like, I made the money. I brought us out of the you know, inner city or whatever, what have you. And yeah, but that's interesting that you point that out. Okay, so it's, so the episodes that we want to discuss today, what are 
the Good Times episode called Rent Party, the pilot episode of The Cosby Show, and then other shows in general, not specific episodes, but like Living Single and Sister Sister. And I also think it'd be good to touch upon um, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. That oh, one yes. episode Definitely. with um, his dad, and it's just like that one scene. If you guys, if, if you guys seen it, <laughs> tears, tears are happening. You know what we're talking about. Yeah. You know that viral little clip of that episode with the dad come back and it's like they're playing basketball and then at the end it's just like why don't he love me i apologize now if i cry guys i'm sorry i Go cried in class last week because of that thank you dr charles yeah and then i also think thea would be a good one to talk yeah. about too especially for different representations like, yeah for like black motherhood because mm-hmm. she's like you know a widow raising yeah. four kids by herself yeah I think it was cool though when we were talking about the families that we remember it it's important to note that we all kind of mentioned ones that have the ideal nuclear family in one way or the other with like a mother figure and a father figure and like a certain amount of kids which like what does it mean that those are the ones that we remember and not because there are many other shows with different representations of family but like those are the ones that stuck with us so Mm. i think that's a good segue into on second thought um, on second thought. Alright, so what what does it mean that the shows that we remember are the ones with, like, the conventional nuclear family? I guess before we really answer that question, we need to talk about why the, like, why the, fam- the Black Family sitcom was such a prevalent, like, thing that was repeated. You know, like, there were a ton of Black Family sitcoms in one form or another. And it comes down to like palatability, I guess. There's a quote in our um, Racing for Ratings book, and it's talking specifically about living single because it was like four women, that's not a family. But it says, in relation to the discussion of normativity, the community of black women friends serves as a surrogate family formation that assuages societal anxieties over the transgressive potential of the black body. Generally speaking, family comedies have been the main ways in which black bodies are allowed to be translated as normative on television. The community of women on Living Single ends up providing a kind of makeshift family unit in which to control the possibility of urban black threat. And it was like, especially with the Cosby show, because like that's the one we're talking about mostly, for the time it was the way to, I don't know, show a black family, or like a to have a black show for white audiences, it made it like palatable to put it in a family. And so a lot of shows followed that suit. And like it, I guess they felt like they needed to, to be accepted. I don't know. What do you guys think? I, I think, um, I think when we think about the nuclear family and as it is today, we like, it's been several decades since. So, um, we're more familiar with families that aren't super, like nuclear Mm -hmm. but i think what's important to take into account is at that time period when most people thought about black families specifically um they thought of like sort of a broken home without a father Mm -hmm. and a single mother um sort of raising her children and stuff and i think that at that particular time even though now we think that nuclear family should move away but at that time it was important for the black community to show that there is a possibility that there is a black family and to yeah. break that sort of stereotype of a single mother raising her children. And I think that's what was really important about it at the time. Yeah. So you think that's why? 
that is a common style was to break stereotypes. I think it was partly that and also for like um, a palatable America. Well, even then, that kind of goes into what I was saying about stereotypes earlier, how um, at the time these shows were trying or attempting to break stereotypes by providing something that people didn't generally think about when they thought about black families. But now in contemporary times, that also establishes a different type of stereotype where it limits the black family to what you see on TV. Yeah. Yeah, in chapter 10 of Racing for Ratings, which is the Black Family in the New Millennium, it says that, I mean, it's possible for black, the images of Black families to be progressive and yet still reflect stereotypical, like, cultural representations. Yes. It so does. we get into, like, trying to break stereotypes while creating new ones. Exactly. Like you said, being limiting. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and so one of the important things, I think, in talking about the black family um, and its portrayals on television is basically why is it that most of the presence of black people on TV has always been in comedy, um, more specifically uh, situation comedies and even more specifically uh, family comedy, as Racing for Ratings says on um, chapter 9. Um, and it says in this chapter, it says that basically sitcoms offer a simple way to culturally contain issues um, and sort of downplay the serious and complex nature of these issues because they sort of offer more opportunities to essentially deflect and defer serious conversations because sitcoms are supposed to make you feel good and yeah. so they wrap things up really quickly. So like, while at the same time, I think that black sitcoms in the 80s and the 90s were very important in that it demonstrated black people on TV and, like, representation. and representation and breaking down those representations. I think it wasn't allowed to fully flesh itself out because um, whiter America wasn't as accepting at the time. Yeah. So while it is significant in that it was like a pivot, um, pivotal moment where it's like the increasing representation of minorities on um, television, at the same time, it wasn't allowed to fully go all out. Yeah. Well, at the same time, when they're trying to discuss the issues in society that are being obviously discussed like I just said um a lot of times it's to get a laugh out like it's to get that laugh track to they kind of have to like brush off the seriousness of what they're doing because of the format of the sitcom because the sitcom is like meant to be you know like light-hearted and funny but you at the same time they're trying to get across these like really important political views while still having to keep it light-hearted you know, like and wrap it up super fast and it needs to be fleshed out more than what it is in the show. There's an article I found on WordPress.com that says, because the Huxtable family is portrayed as nearly perfect and also because there's a solid family dynamic in the show, critics have called the Cosby show unrelatable and unrealistic, which bears the question, why does a nuclear black family have to be considered unrealistic and is it fair to expect black families to be broken? Even if a family's dynamic isn't nuclear, does that make them any less of a family? Which that kind of gets us into talking about other shows and, like, the other representations, I guess. It, I mean, it gets into what we were talking about with stereoty stereotypes in the Cosby show. About, like, how that form of family was needed when the Cosby show came out to show the world that, like, I don't know, that it was possible. You know, because it was, I mean, it was breaking that 
racial stereotype. But it it is unfair to limit the family to yeah, that. But that's coming from our point of views now. Exactly. Where the we contemporary. Know where we, I mean, hope most people. Hopefully. <laughs> know that that, like, that a black family isn't represented by, like, it doesn't have to be broken, exactly. you know? And so people today want more representation of other forms of family. Also, who's to say that if you have a single parent, that that family is already broken. Yeah, that goes into, like, saying that a family has to be a mom and a dad, which that's so not true. It doesn't even have to start with a mom and a dad. Well, that's more of a contemporary view, too. Exactly. So. And I think also when it comes to the black family specifically, it's like ideas, like racialized ideas and implicit bias and, like, stereotypes assigned to, like, black bodies as opposed to, like, white bodies like this would never be sort of like questioned for like of white people as opposed to like black people so i think there's that undertone to it as well Mm -hmm. definitely all right so what what does it mean that the shows that we remember are the ones with like the conventional nuclear family you know because i like i guess to start unpacking this we need to talk about certain shows and I guess the most memorable is The Cosby Show, and we're going to be focusing on the pilot, you know, so. So, in the pilot episode, we get um, Cliff discussing Theo's grades. And then, also, you get Cliff critiquing Denise's date choice. Yeah. And um, the type of man this boy is. And the clothing she's wearing. And the clothing she's wearing, which... Is a whole other topic in itself, but um, it goes to show like he's parenting Denise through like who she's dating, but parenting Theo through like him, like teaching him life lessons, like how to be a man, and like it draws parallels through like Denise's date of what kind of man that boy is, and then in comparison with what kind of man he wants Theo to be. So that goes into a problematic aspect of the family dynamics represented in these shows. It's yes. like the kids are parented in different ways depending on their, like, if they're a boy or a girl. Yes. Yeah. Also with the pilot, though, you get this weird focus. I mean, not weird focus on Cliff, but a dismissal of Claire because she is a badass lawyer who's got a great career, but in the pilot, she, like, you don't see her when she's not in an apron and they don't talk about her job at all. And it's just really strange. And it's, she has like this expectation of Cliff to come home and fix everything. Like she's been yelling at the kids all day, but it's like, oh, Cliff's here. He'll take care of it now. It's like you get the spheres of like the domestic sphere for Claire and then Mm -hmm. the public and professional sphere for Cliff established in the very first episode. Even though she is a lawyer and has her own profession, you get just the domestic side. Yeah, so, like, the pilot kind of is, it sticks to the ideological, I can't say it. Ideological. Thank you. Versions of fatherhood and motherhood. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. (laughs) But, yes, I mean, it just, it's one of the most common shows to think of when you think of a family, and it's completely nuclear with the mother and the father and a certain amount of kids, and it's the most popular but there are other shows that are still nuclear, but, like, in different ways. And so, like, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, right? 
still has a mother figure and a father figure, even though they are the aunt and uncle to Will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so like specifically, um, there's this one episode in Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Um, throughout all of them, it's like, um, it's called Papa's Got a Brand New Excuse. Yeah, so Papa's got a brand new excuse. So in this episode, well, um, it's like I think in the third, fourth, fifth season, it's in the he's in seasons. college at this point. And so Will is just working during the summer, and then his dad comes into the cafe and he's eyeing him, and then he tells Will that you know he's his father, and then Will's like, oh, and then they basically um have a conversation, and then Lou, um, Will's biological dad tries to get back in contact with him and try to sort of buy his sort of affection and forgiveness through like proving himself as like a father who can like do cool stuff like shooting baskets and stuff which is sort of what Will likes and so then Lou's like yeah let's go on a trip across the United States why don't I take you with me for the summer and then Will's like yeah let's do that and then when Will tells Aunt Viv and um, Uncle Phil that that's kind of what he wants to do. Uncle Phil's like, no, he, he, Lou's not doing this for you. He's basically doing it for him. Yeah. And in the process, I think also, Uncle Phil, when he says that, I think he says that not just out of love for Will and his like caring for him, but also because I think he feels hurt because oh, he's definitely. been the sort of father figure, and so it comes from a place of like care but also i think selfishness in the Mm -hmm. sense that like he's raised will up for the last four or five years and he's put so much time and it hurts him to think that um will would still choose his biological dad over his father figure uncle phil which goes into um phil questioning his own parenting abilities later in that episode yeah yeah it's like the idea of like whether um, Uncle Phil is like a good enough sort of like father figure, especially like a black man, in, you know, for the family, taking care of the children and stuff and like giving sort of Will that sort of experience and insight into his experience and how to succeed. And then Lou, who essentially just abandoned him. And then at the very end, um, Lou comes to Uncle Phil and tells him that basically he can't take um, Will for the summer because he has to drive um to like Maine or something from um, some city. I think they're in LA, right? They're like- Bel Air. Bel Air, yeah. And so like, of course it's in the title. But okay, so he's gotta gotta drive from Bel Air to Maine to go pick up another truck driver, which is why they can't take Will. But then Lou also doesn't want to take responsibility for Will and he tells Uncle Phil that. And then Uncle Phil is like, you can't just come into Will's life and just try to take him back or like put him on like he's a coat and then put him off whenever you want. It's your responsibility. Which gets us into the most heartbreaking monologue you will ever hear. But yeah, this whole episode just kind of goes to show you that family isn't blood. It isn't who like birthed you. I mean, because yeah, Uncle Phil is blood. But Uncle Phil is more of a father than Lou ever could or will be. Yeah. Uncle Phil, I think, isn't isn't he, like, married into the family? Like, yeah. Aunt yes. Viv is his blood, right? Yeah. But, like, it also challenges the idea of family and especially, like, um, black fathers through, like, their actions and, like, responsibility for their children and stuff. And so, like, in that case, also with Will is, like, asking him 
why doesn't Lou love me? Like, uh, that hit hard, and it's just like, I don't know. Lexi number two said something really cool about a parallel in the end. Mm, okay, so Will says that he shouldn't have wasted his money on this gift that he bought for Lou, which was a statue of a parent embracing their child. And right before the episode ends, Phil and Will hug, and they're in this like really like emotional embrace where Phil's just comforting Will, but the actual episode ends on like a close-up of the statue, which mm-hmm. just draws a parallel between the gift that he was going to give to his father, which would be representative of a father holding their son yeah. to Phil holding Will. So, yeah. But yeah, I just like, I like talking about Fresh Prince Bel-Air because it still like checks the box of like mother and father, but it's like unconventional in the way it's set up, I guess. Mm-hmm. Because it's like sort of extended family who's taking yeah. care of Will. Mm-hmm. Which is really interesting. So we also get cool episodes throughout the season that, like, expresses how close Will is to his mom, who had to play both mother and father throughout his life. Mm-hmm. And she is the coolest. I love Vi so much. And they have such a great relationship. But I thought it's it's really interesting how, like, she had to do both roles. And she did well until he started getting into trouble. Just the interesting ones. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, I guess another unconventional show but still nuclear because that's a popular uh dynamic i guess is sister sister which like we won't spend too much time on but it's i mean you guys probably know two twins who were adopted by separate people and they end up living together and so you still have a mom and a dad and two kids just an unconventional gathering i guess is how i could put it you know yeah it's sort of like two families coming together yeah there's unconventional premise see but it's i think it's problematic i mean i guess i don't know it casts limitations onto ideas of family structure to just limit it to nuclear families because there's a lot of other ways to be a family rather than the typical and i think it's a lot more accepted today that like there's no one set way to be a family you know Mm -hmm. it's like there are single parents raising kids there are two dads or two moms it's not cookie cutter like it used to be represented i think that goes um like on second thought regarding that um i think it goes back to the ways that we view cultures so like Mm -hmm. um i think the reason why the nuclear family was so popular back in the old days especially um during like is it the 20th century i think because it's like the idea of the american dream and it's relatedness to the American dream where it's like success and all that stuff. But like the American dream can also be thought of as like the sort of white picket fence with the garden, with the family, with the dad, the mom, the kids, and then the dog or cat, what have you. Um, and so like that idea of it um, is perpetuated like throughout. And so um, basically I think because we constantly believed in that sort of American dream for so long, um, that's why it was allowed to sort of persist for so long that it did with the idea that you have to have a father and mother to sort of succeed. Whereas nowadays, it's like our ideas of the American dream or America itself are changing. It's like if you ask one person like in this entire room or whatever what they think the American dream is, you'll get like different many answer. different perspectives. And it's just like ideas of family as well because, you know, 
Um, you can have two mothers, two fathers. You could be raised by your grandparents, raised by single father, single mother. You could be raised by your older sibling. And it's just like, yeah. And we've come to the point in our world where you don't need anyone to have a baby. You can go to a sperm bank and get pregnant yeah. and you're fine, you're set. And then it's like, what does that say about family in that sense? Right. It's still a family. Like, it's not put down because there isn't two heads, you know? Yeah. Because, like, there's a there's a lot of different shows that aren't nuclear in that sense, you know? And there's still great representations of family. Like Thea, for example. We just watched an episode for Glass on Monday. But Thea, if you guys don't know, is a widow raising four kids. And she does it well. And then there's a living single who we said earlier. It's four girls, or four women, sorry, in their... I guess 20s and 30s as the show goes on, living together, making their own family. And that's important. In a different world, it's like a representation of you get to college and you find your own family. And that's who you're going to be with and spend time with for like the next four or more years. Yeah. And like specifically, you get a sense like for me, what I saw, especially in a different world, it being at a historically black college, that's a whole different idea than the university that I go to which is a predominantly white institution Mm -hmm. and it's just like it felt like very connected in like a community because like all the students were together and like they all knew each other and it's like smaller classroom setting it's like everyone was getting together including the professors and everything and so it's just like really changed like my concept of like family by choice as well because like even though I consider my roommates like um sort of my family it's like the idea that your entire class of 30, 40 people are your family that you'll constantly see. And it's just like, I have classes of like 200 people. And so it's just like, I'm coming into class and trying to just get out. Yeah. And even then it's like, I could go around, I can meet a new person every day. Like there's no possible way that I can know everyone or have any kind of relationship with everyone on this campus. And just the fact that in in a different world that you just see all these lives that are, that are so intertwined with each mm-hmm. other and they build all these like really strong and like lasting relationships with each other like that's just a very powerful thing to see we touched on it earlier but like and you said it community is in my mind a like important pillar of black family dynamics because we talked a little bit about rent party and that is like the quintessential definition to me of like community as a family yeah, in like good times, um, I think one of their uh, residents, um, she was about to be booted because she was behind on like a month or two, three worth months, of, three months worth of rent, and so then um, the James and Flora decide to throw basically a rent party to raise funds for her, and it's like put on a performance and yeah. let everyone have fun because it's not only are they raising sort of money for that one um, neighbor, but also like creating a community social where everyone gets to enjoy each other's company and like even though they're all going through this shared sort of suffering experience of like poverty they're all in it together and like while they're in it together they'll have those little bits and moments of like good times where they will have it hence the title and then they decide to throw the party and make a lot of money for it yeah that episode was actually really reminiscent for me because that's how my neighborhood is shout out to lisa Um, we do block parties every 4th of July and it's a, it's a big event. That's where I learned all the dances and 
I don't know, everything growing up. It was just a big part of my life, and everyone would get together and have fun. Um, specifically speaking about, like, um, Black motherhood in these episodes, in dynamics and stuff, it's like, I think Thea was a really good one, because um, there's one episode in Thea where, like, in the pilot episode, I think, where she's taking care of all four of her children, and then you learn in the episode that she's got, like, two or three jobs at the same time, and despite that, she still knows what's going on with every single kid in the family. I was, like, absolutely blown away. She was, like, she was, like, telling Gerard, she was, like, uh, don't tell me that James or um, whatever is doing this. Like, I know where they are. And Jerome. it's just, like, Jerome. And it's just, like, really interesting because it's, like, she's doing three things at once. You really get her, like, really work on, on that second shift where she is going to work and making a living for her entire family and then coming home and also doing the job as a mother so not only does she have all of her jobs she also has the job of mother and she's doing it so well i also think shows like that are important because you get how important a mother is and it's not just being written off with like a father figure as the head it's like no mothers are important and they're strong and they're amazing Okay, so this whole discussion has basically been about um, the fact that though these shows give great representations of family, the nuclear family is not the only way to be a family. There's various other ways, and it's important to remember not to limit your ideas of family to what you see on these shows. Um, Family is what you make it, and it doesn't have to be blood. It doesn't have to be anything that anyone else says it be can be it's a feeling that you feel with your bonds to other people yeah there's no one set definition so i guess the question that we want to ask you guys is what does family mean to you and feel free to reach out to us on our social media we have twitter we have facebook we have instagram and like let us know answer the question for us yeah all right so i guess we're gonna go into our shout out for the week shout out to our cousins down the block all right, so getting into one of my favorite segments, we are going to shout out Montgomery's own Chica, who is also a favorite of our uh, professor, Dr. Charles, and she's always doing cool stuff for the community and the culture, but specifically, this week she was on the most recent episode of Sarah Silverman's show, um, I Love You, America, where she wrote a piece specifically for the show, basically talking about the importance to vote, which we'll put a clip in. Time slows, but it never stops. And the hope we hold never drops as the boat they row tends to rock as we stand in water full of crocs. In the face of crooked cops, we unite to keep our spot on lock. And this isn't a rhyme scheme to assign meeting to the problems we adopt. It's not about just us anymore. Forget the battle. This is war. Imagine knowing there's a door you can't cross without a key. And a key you can't hold without a fight. And a fight you can't win without a voice. It's not a choice anymore. And of course, I'm sure it would be best to fight where we relate, but Democracy's at stake, so once again we clear the slate and we organize because the fate of the whole is at stake if we don't control the race, because it's not enough just to run it. The spoken word is so cool to me. She's so cool to me, but I don't know. I think she's really important for our generation right now, you know? Especially with her medium, like how she's giving her message. Like it really speaks to the young people who will be the future of the country. Yeah, because she's really just like, hitting at using your voice like if you want to make a difference you need you need to go out there and vote is what she's saying and i think one of the best ways to exert your like voice is to basically show up and use that vote because um most like things 
like people think that one or two voices aren't basically going to change anything but it's like if we look in history like rosa parks and martin luther king those were just two voices that created a sort of movement and changed the way that we sort of viewed the world and like fought for rights and um i do think that every single voice counts and it's just one or two more voices especially through voting for something that you care about and the issues and for the people specifically the people that you think will best represent you and your values those are like sort of like very inspirational in my opinion and that's why i think she's like the bomb for real and like i feel like if everyone had that mentality that their voice didn't matter like yeah. if just one more voice doesn't matter why should i have to go vote like my vote's not gonna make a difference if everyone had that mentality then it wouldn't make a difference like not enough people would gather for a certain cause to vote if everyone had that mentality you know yeah. so it's just like speaking to people who think that their vote doesn't matter see chica does really well with like hitting really important topics and touching on really important like messages through like because she's an awesome rapper and she does it in a way that like brings people in she gets her message across and like i don't know it's easily remembered because she's so awesome and one or two voices if you don't sort of think they really matter then it's just like we're going to live in a society where we're essentially voiceless mm -hmm. oh. yeah guys look her up chica she's awesome guys please remember vote november 6th like register get out there and do it but yeah she's pretty cool and while we're on this topic i want to take some time as Dr. Charles says, to gather my people, and I'm no Samantha White, but dear white people, with Halloween coming up, I wanted to take this time to let you know once again that culture is not a costume. Please do not let me see you in a poncho and a mustache, don't put on a feather headdress and give yourself some fake Native American name, and please, if you are still ignorant and disrespectful enough in 2018 to wear blackface, just stay home. You have been warned and I will read you. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Cue the static. Thank you so much for tuning in to Click this week. As always, you can find us on Facebook at Click, C-L-I-K, at Black Box Studios.